What up, podheads? It's the world's most influential podcast, the pod people, coming at you live. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to this video. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and the homeless can't stop me. Hey, I'm Ben of Ben's World 94. Follow for follow. Uh, please follow me. I want the I want the follows. And I'm Cleveland Mosier, and someone smashed my like button. Uh, please, please stop doing that. I, I don't like it. It I didn't ask for this. If you click it real nice and slow, it's even better. Oh no, I don't. I don't want that at all. I, I don't want anyone to to smash my yes. Yes, clicking softer is better. You're right. I, I'm with you now. Well, we're coming at you with a hot new viral episode. This. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even take on this affectation seriously. Uh, we're talking about Ben's pick this week. We're talking about a brand new 2020 horror comedy. Horror comedy, yeah. I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, called Spree, directed by Eugene Kotlyarenko and starring uh, Joe Keery, Sashir Zamata, David Arquette, and Kyle Mooney. And it's uh, satire, I think. Yeah, I would, I would say, say it's a postmodern... American Psycho for the internet age. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a pretty apt description. Oh, I like that. I, I like, like that, that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ben, this was your choice. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Why you picked it and uh, what this movie is? Yeah. So I picked this because I saw this a month or two ago, and I loved it. I thought it was just fantastic. It's very inventive. I would almost say it's a found footage movie in a lot of ways. I think it's just brilliant in the details as well. But it, essentially, it's about a very social outcasty person. A named, wannabe influencer. Yes, named Kurt Kunkel, uh, a.k.a. Kurt's World 96. He struggles to get people to engage with this content. So he decides to create the lesson which is hashtag the yeah lesson. hashtag the lesson yes yeah the lesson is essentially him driving for an uber knockoff called spree and picking people up and killing them trying to go viral through murder as you said he uh has struggled to become a uh a viral video influencer for years i think at the beginning it says that he's posted in obscurity for 10 years struggling to get even uh double digit views on his videos so he decides to try to go viral by uh picking up people and killing them but uh despite how simple that premises it goes in a lot of places that i didn't quite expect um i was personally expecting it to just be a fun uh kind of hack and slash found footage movie but um i think the way you described it earlier as kind of like a postmodern american psycho in that it's like an examination of this particular kind of sociopathic mindset that comes from trying to uh become internet famous right and uh, and it, I, i'm i'm still really just like like nodding my head to to the american psycho comparison that's great i and i really i really agree with it um because like much like american psycho like this this character is like a 
a product of like the world that they were created in in uh american psycho like it's it's very much so like the the culture that 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 creates the sociopath their horrible personality is what allows them to succeed and much like that we have like uh the the influencer and i i think that's that's really cool like it, it's it's so true but a very very similar yeah thing. and i think part of the reason it really works here is the director eugene whatever his last name is i'm not gonna even try to pronounce it oh yeah we uh, he caught yes he also wrote it, if I remember correctly. Is yes, right? him and uh, someone called Gene McHugh. Um, but it's obvious that he has a very good understanding of the internet and the internet how it really is. It feels really authentic in that respect. And even down to the details like like the comments yeah. like on on uh, like the, the Twitch chat like it, it feeding yeah, off in yeah, real time yeah. especially in the details all of all yeah. the little comments uh, are are just lovely because as we mentioned this is very much a found footage movie mm-hmm. but not in a traditional like shaky cam I have a camcorder we see his phone being used we see YouTube videos it's very collage in that respect yeah. it, I, it hops from like other influencers as well and it's cool because like you see their different styles and how they use it like we, we even have our, our protagonist our, our antagonist um, uh, like commenting on it at times as well the way it hops from from each uh, each influencer is cool uh, especially since like you can see like how um, more active that the twitch chat is compared to the others like and it's all very believable too like you get like the the all caps like repeat posts and stuff like it it feels like very genuine yeah at one point uh when he does start to go viral later in the movie uh and crashes his car somebody said i turned kurt into a pepe because he survived the crash and post a pepe (laughs) um i would i would actually um draw a lot of parallels between this and another film we talked about recently which is host yes which uh uses the medium uh in very interesting in creative ways that sort of take its simple premise and set it a step above. That comparison is very apt. Tonally, very, very different films. Um, This is definitely a satire. It's very funny. And Uh, I think this movie, to its credit, even uses the aspect of why this is all being filmed way better. Because, you know, the the downfall of Host is like, why are they still on At the call? At times it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. turn off your, fucking, your yeah. fucking camera. Where with this, there's a clear reason, and that's Kurt is trying to form engagement. The yes. the writing is a lot more depthy here, I uh, I, I definitely think. Um, now, Spree was shot pre-quarantine, yes? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. so I think that is worth mentioning, too. Like, they are, while they are very similar in that they use the medium, beyond that, Host did have a lot more limitations yeah. at hand. For and sure. they were they were doing, uh, like, a haunted house sort of thing, as I, I think I used that word a lot uh, in that episode. And so, like, we can, we can allow it, you know, we can allow ourselves to just stay on the rails and not worry about the plot. But here, the plot is well-crafted, well-written. Yeah. Each mm-hmm. character is lovely and has a very believable backstory. Like, even just, like, the random Uber driver um, who picks up Kurt later on, he strikes you as, like, a very believable, like, like you know, your average Uber driver, you yeah. know, in passing. Like, his, his car, like, uh, has a couple, like, pieces of memorabilia in it that, that are very personally his. Um, and it's so nice. It's so nice to get that 
uh, the attention to detail, not only just in the the formatting, but but also in like the character writing as well, because this film is so organic in its narrative that it's so nice to still have these characters to latch on to. I mean, it's uh, for as like unique and weird and drawing as it is that can only last so long you get tired of it after a while like you or you would get tired of it after a while if you didn't have those compelling characters like keeping you glued to your seats because that's what definitely had me like when the film first started i was a little unsure of how long i could you know i, I could ride this out how can how can you make this premise interesting for 90 minutes yes yeah. And I think the way that they do that, one of the big ways that they do that is the theme of like the kind of I guess I'll call it the the sickness of uh, of like wanting to be Internet famous extends beyond just Kurt, which I wasn't expecting. But what kind of drives the plot forward is that like pretty much everybody he comes into contact with except for that other uber driver later is the same kind of personality where they're constantly like live streaming themselves on instagram uh a lot of them are more internet famous than he is which sort of drives him to greater lengths and you know while he's killing people he's also sort of like pandering for like oh if you boost me i'll boost you you know you follow me i always follow back and it's like well, for people who have a real following, like just some some loser with like 20 people who follow him is not like uh, that's not like a mutually beneficial thing. And and for uh, as much as I love like the handsome Jack, tall, dark and handsome killer, I also really love a pathetic like serial killer, like yeah. uh, a, a murderer who you, you don't expect to, to have it in them. Kurt is such a great example of that. Yeah, well, he's played by Steve from Stranger Things. That's right. Uh, so uh, people who are fans of Stranger Things will uh, probably enjoy seeing him. He's great here. But yeah, rather than playing like the pretty boy jock that he does in Stranger Things, he is a pathetic, unlikable... Yeah, dude. I mean, it, it, it seems obvious that that character is kind of inspired by, like, Elliot Roger, um, mm-hmm. which, thankfully, uh, they don't get too close to that source material with him being, like, misogynistic, particularly. Yeah. Um, he is certainly creepy, Yes. Um, but and I, th- I for think, sure insane. Yes, and I think the the reason he works as a character so well is when he starts the lesson or the spree killing. The first person he picks up is like a white nationalist leader. Yes, and you know, which is a great choice. Yeah, he it's slowly revealed that he's a white supremacist a judge, yeah. in the in the conversation. So when you see him die, you're kind of rooting. Yeah, Kurt. You know, what reminded me of is the opener to House of Jack built a little bit because like they they start you out rooting for the serial killer. They start you out feeling like, oh yeah, well at least he's killing people who deserve to die, so I can still feel comfortable laughing. And then and then it slowly turns to nervous laughter. Well, I would honestly say that for most of it, it does ride pretty well on 
the people that he kills being like equally insufferable. Yeah, well, this is like unlike House of Jack Belt, like this does stay a black comedy. Like yeah. this does stay like a, a very comedically dark film the yeah. whole time. Whereas House of Jack Belt, like very early on, it does become just a horror film. Because everybody he picks up in in this movie is an insufferable L.A. yuppie trying to, you know... They all need to die. Yeah, trying to farm engagement, thinking that, like, everybody... Maybe I shouldn't say that on a podcast. Fuck it. I don't know. It's a horror horror movie. Uh, The characters all need to die. There we go. Yeah, well, I mean... Yeah, you you are kind of rooting for him, you know? Like, he's not doing a great job, um, like, farming engagement, but every new person who gets into to his car it's like oh my god this person fucking sucks these people are terrible (laughs) so it's like when he starts coming up with like crazier and crazier ways to kill them to try to like boost his numbers you're kind of like yeah go for it man (laughs) hell yeah brother (laughs) which puts you in the seat of the twitch chat yes yeah well and it's funny too because in a lot of ways he's egged on by a zoomer kid who he used to babysit called uh bobby yeah, Bobby uh, Base Camp. Yeah, I love has, this. Who has, even though he used to babysit him, is a wildly more successful influencer than he is. Yeah, like when Kurt started doing like influencer stuff, he was babysitting this kid, and now this kid has way more followers than him. Hilarious. Yeah, and his content is all like prank invasion shit. Yeah, like yeah. scum show, of the earth. Yeah, they show uh, a segment he did called Homeless Hero. Which is like a thing that like some shitty YouTubers do. Like, I forget the, their their names, but I've seen... It's like a, like Ben said, it's like a prank invasion, uh, Joey Salads. Yeah, kinda, those, those fuckers. Kind of dude is like, yeah, I, I love that one too because it's like, he starts the videos like, usually I'm out here pranking the homeless. But this time <laughs> I'm trying something different. Amazing. And I mean, of course, that turns out to be fake as well, where yeah. he gives a homeless man $100 and the guy goes and buys food for all of his homeless friends. Food from like, the liquor store. Food yeah. from the liquor store. And the then the delivery, like, too, like the, the narration from Bobby Basecamp is just like the perfect level of flat yeah. to like I, disingenuine. I it's absolutely great. love the end of that video where he just pops up from under the, <laughs> the, the table. table. Yeah. <laughs> like a swag pose. Yeah, oh, it, it is incredible. He's just wonderfully insufferable. Uh huh. Yeah, like like the scum of the earth. Yeah, but it's very tangible. It's a very real person. Oh yeah, I mean like Logan Paul, I mean, like like absolutely like real like, shitty people. All of these people are are like real people. Yeah, like that's the thing. I I don't know. Maybe we're alienating anybody who lives in L.A. who listens to this, but these are all like the most obnoxious L.A. ass folks, I mean, you know? I, I, going out of the limb, don't live in L.A., but uh, that's not advice. I'm saying I don't live in L.A. But, um, <laughs> I, it's advice, uh, too. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but, uh, like, I, I would assume that, like, most, most people around, like, Logan Paul, I would assume hate him as well. Like... Well, I, mean, I think yeah, that's, that's universal. I, I think that's kind of the thing, is, like, none of these people actually care about each other. They're just 
trying to get close to each other for the clout, right? Like that's the thing. It's uh, all it's all about how can I use this person to make me more famous? How can I enter this person's sphere of influence and and like grow my own from that? Yeah. And and so much of the and I that's what I love about this movie because it's like he keeps getting people in his car who are more famous than him. <laughs> uh notably uh, a a comedian Jesse Adams who I thought was just kind of like a one-off, but she actually comes back later and becomes like a really integral part of the of the movie. Once again, really great organic storytelling. Yeah, because she's like one of the ones who who like gets away, who he picks up early because they're doing like a social spree. So picking up multiple people and the other guy who he's picked up is just like this absolute obnoxious like alpha bro. Yeah, like Boston frat bro. Yeah. The only way to fix this is to go get some pussy. Like, I'm trying to fuck this girl, bro. Uh, <laughs> the so <worst>. terrible. <laughs> Uh, who he you know just runs over while he when he gets so good uh yeah no i I remember too like when he when he has the car out in front of him like and he's he's dragged him out like i remember like just i just heard myself chanting do it (laughs) like run him over well the thing i love about it too is the setup kurt has uh poisoned all these water bottles in his car to like lure people to drink the water and then die right um, and then hide their bodies yeah because he doesn't um, want to get caught right away he wants to rack up a body count first yeah you know? but uh jesse ended up leaving early from the spree because this guy was such a frat bro and she throws the water in his face yeah and that makes him uh get really nauseous and that's kind of the turning point for him and uh i just think that's so brilliant they really make a lot of mileage out of every little detail in this movie, and I love it so much. Like, the water bottles get so much screen time in different ways. Yeah. Each character interacts with them in their own way. Well, like, you know, it's almost Hitchcock-esque, uh, which is weird to say, considering, like, like how modern this film is. But the it's that same idea, like, in Dial M for Murder, where you're just, like, you're watching the key the whole time you know like you're 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 constantly looking back at the water bottles and like waiting to see like how people are gonna like fiddle with them and the editing like is ace at like keying you back in the best i think moment for me in terms of the editing is uh dj uno um yes in front of the taco (laughs) truck like i think that's the highlight of the film definitely my my biggest laugh but we can lead into that (laughs) it's such a comedy of errors is the thing like it's it's very much a one night mania type of film i guess you would call it like it's it's very much a subgenre of films like after hours and plenty of other different movies that all happen on one crazy night this movie really just snowballs on over up and up and escalates bigger and bigger and it it builds a really nice house of cards to knock over too because it it is true like i I brought up the dj uno thing and i thought about it i was like oh wait that situation is pretty complex like like the the build-up to it is there's a lot does involve a lot of cards there's a lot of pieces that need to be put into place to get to that point and the way that they all kind of have their own payoff in a lot of ways this movie is like chekhov's gun the movie where there's just like so many little things that are introduced that you forget forget about and then it's like oh shit oh shit they're all reintroduced mm. to set up these like really elaborate like kind of hilarious situations it's just really really sharp writing yeah. yeah this is good stuff 
Yeah, well, the DJ Uno sequence is one of the best. So let's let's talk about the pieces that lead into that. David Arquette plays Kurt's dad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the best who, place to start. Who is a uh, <laughs> who is a like quote unquote DJ, you know, also wants to be famous and successful. Uh, and after like trying to get Kurt's attention all day and Kurt is just ignoring him, he's like, come with me to this club where I'm DJing. Like I'm, uh, this, this chick DJ Uno is there and she'll shout you out. And all of the people who are watching Kurt's stream are like, Oh shit, DJ Uno, she's big. Yeah, go. Well, one part we should do building up some more real quick sure. before we build in and then we can get your point yeah. sorry because uh the psychology of uh kurt I, I think really strongly involves his parents and i think it was well thought out in that respect even deeper like uh you know he's he's a child of a of a divorce and very specifically of like a deadbeat dad who is like a shitty dj and heroin like heroin addict. heroin addict and is trying for the same type of game Right. Like the the DJ thing, the influencer thing, like he's pushing for fame and has failed. Yeah. And he can't mm -hmm. get it. And so Kurt. But like trying to gain fame through being a DJ is sort of like more emblematic of his generation. generation. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, you can kind of like the apple doesn't fall but, so far from the tree. Like you can see where Kurt has gotten this kind of mania from like watching his well, dad and also like where the the anger from it comes from is because every time he fails he sees his dad yeah right like he sees his dad in that and he doesn't want to be like him that's actually pretty fucking sad if you think about it it's pretty fucking depressing like like he, he doesn't want to be like his father like you and know he talks, and he doesn't want to be a failure in the same way and he talks which about, why he doesn't want to have anything to do with him he talks about how his mom is a star fucker he uses that term so that like the reason they divorced is also because his dad wasn't able, wasn't to, able be, to be famous be famous enough. Yeah. Like she got with him because she thought he was going to be somebody and then he wasn't. Mm. So Which is why he associates up. likes with genuine affection and love. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Like, like ever. Yeah. And, and even it, in so the, the, the little details at the beginning, like uh, they mention him watching. 9-11 footage over and over again yes and his, you know my life drawing video and that's kind of a throwaway joke at first but then you think about like that in relation to the lesson and kind of realize oh maybe the lesson comes from like him viewing these traumatic experiences over and over. I mean, the sensationalism the two, yeah. of, like, death and tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, as you mentioned, Ben, before he gets the call from his dad about DJ Uno, he has just gone to Bobby Basecamp's house uh, and killed him because Bobby Basecamp has kind of been, like, roasting him about how, like, lame and pathetic he is. He's even, like, he's the only one in the chat on Kurt's video for like the first few hours is like killing people as stale content <laughs> yeah well it's i i love the scene where he goes to bobby's house this is after they introduce jesse and uh they they kind of split screen him driving to the house with uh jesse and her grandma um and her getting ready for the comedy show she's doing and uh, when Kurt pulls up to the house and stops, the way it's edited makes it seem like he's 
at her house at yeah. first. Well, and, and he goes and knocks on the door, and we hear the knock on her side, and then she goes downstairs, and the doors open at the same time on each feed, and we see on Kurt's feed that it's actually Bobby Basecamp's house, and when Jesse opens the door, it's Kyle Mooney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's such a great way to build tension, though. Yeah. Because, you know, at that point, Kurt has had killed a few people, so there's legitimate tension that he's going for revenge after not being able to get her the first time right and i think it's just really well done and the turn with uh bobby when he confronts bobby is just fantastic yeah well bobby of course is, has his camera strapped to him and turns it on and starts streaming him like you know, essentially belittling Kurt and being like, this is my fucking punk ass babysitter who thinks he's, you know, going to be famous like me. And so then we've got like the split screen there with uh, Kurt killing him and essentially hijacking his stream. And that's when he goes from like low double digits up to triple digits and then quadruple digits and then quintuple digits uh, as as it progresses and where like the Twitch chat uh aspect really starts uh, popping off pops off like the consistency of that is uh is a really excellent detail i think because really when you think about it like it's a lot of screen time to keep posting shit through like and stuff that a lot of people are not even gonna read you know I, i'm sure that there was a, a, a lot of effort put into just like maintaining the twitch chat like during editing. yeah and they all feel like authentic comments yeah. you know they don't feel like uh, a boomer trying to write internet speak right. they feel very authentic no someone definitely did their homework like uh well, I think like the- having to do like like uh, QA and stuff like on X2 like I had to like sit in on a bunch of streamers and stuff and listen to that you know key into like all the chat stuff or whatever and I was just like uh, yeah no it, it, it's very it similar well, the, like, the filmmaker is also somebody who grew up in the internet age you yeah. know somebody who's about our age probably a little bit older who like understands this because they grew up with it it's definitely it definitely avoids that problem that you so often see in horror movies where it's obvious old people writing for young people yeah slender man yes slender man (laughs) very much so that all is done really well uh Kurt hijacks Bobby's stream goes to pick up his dad they have a whole fight in the car uh he importantly Kurt takes Bobby's gun that he has uh and hides it in the glove box and uh when they get to the club he realizes that it's not like a dance club it's a strip club a really sad strip club too like nobody's there kurt's dad is just like a strip club dj and he gets totally blown off by DJ Uno, who just like recognizes him for the fame hungry nobody that he is and completely writes him off. But then when he's getting back in the car, she gets in the car and asks him to take her to uh, a taco truck. Uh, just like fame, she just tells him just like famous LA taco truck. And well, what's cool, like what, it goes unsaid, but she's still using the shout out as bait for yes. him. 
Like yeah. she's she's, she's like, like oh, she's yeah, you, she's dangling it over his head. She's like, oh yeah, you you take me to the taco truck and I'll and I'll give you the shout out. I'll tag yeah. you. And but it's obvious too that she's only going to that taco truck for the clout as well because. She gets there. They take a bunch of pictures of her in front of it. Yeah, she needs someone to snap photos. And she gets back in the car, and he's like, he's like, oh, don't you want food? She's like, yeah, but I don't want to wait in line. You get it. He's like, well, what do you want? She's like, uh, whatever's most famous. Get me the most famous. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, so all of these pieces are being set up. It does the split screen again, and Kurt is in line and, like, harassing some girl uh, in line who kind of perks up when she hears that he's an influencer and, like, maybe is, like, trying to get a little famous. And then he just starts being a total creep, and she, like... She she just like uh, you know leaves. Meanwhile, DJ Uno is in the car and she finds his gun and she starts taking a bunch of selfies with his so gun. good. This is this is just primo editing. Such a good like cut, like cutback like yeah with her with the gun like yeah like kind of like taking the photos goofing around. I thought she was gonna accidentally like shoot herself or something. I thought that's what the the setup too was easy. gonna be. Yeah, well it would have been too easy. The mm-hmm. actual payoff is so much funnier because she drinks one of his poison bottles of water and and like you know starts coughing and then just like goes limp so it's like okay shit well now he's got this dead body in the front seat of his car and uh and he goes back to to the car and right at that moment like cops pull up and they see like his crazy lights in his car and they they you know come over and start trying to uh you know see what's going on i love that we get like their their suit can their body, their body cams, cams too. like as well and so you get like the cutting like, what is between this fucker all of doing these different perspectives is is really really good it's clean um but you know they start trying to give him a sobriety test and and he actually is sober but uh when <laughs> All of a sudden, DJ Uno wakes up and... In her poisoned confusion. In her poisoned confusion and is still holding the gun and just shoots one of the cops through the windshield. <laughs> through the windshield in the head. Just fucking, like, just, just murks him, him and gets out of the car and just starts running away. <laughs> and just, like, all of the pieces that need that went together to build up to that truly unexpected moment... Um, is just chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. I loved that. Exquisite. Like her, her taking off. So the other cop has to go after him, just leaving like the murderer there and yeah. free. Incredible. Like just, just amazing. It's, it, it's that same moment once again, like in American Psycho, where it's like, did anyone get him for it? No, there's no catharsis. <laughs> like, well, it does. A police chase does ensue after that, but he gets away from them pretty easily by like going through Skid Row and like driving through a bunch of homeless people's uh, tents and stuff. Um, you he know. makes a really funny offhand comment about how the homeless people don't even have a social media following or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because that's how he gauges them, like, as, any, as being valuable <laughs> yeah. citizens. Yeah. Like, God, yeah, what, like, a, what a nightmare even, human. Nobody even knows they exist. I could just run them over and nobody would even care. And it's like, yeah, he really thinks of everything as, like, how internet famous, you know, they are. Yeah, that's how but, he values everything, yeah. 
but you know then he has a the the great moment where he's like nobody can stop me the cops can't stop me my mom can't stop me my dad can't stop me the homeless can't stop me i'm feeling invincible and immediately flips the car <laughs> just immediately immediately and that's when you get the great moment where uh somebody's like kurt survived so i made him a pepe <laughs> yeah uh because after that you know we don't know what happens particularly right away because it uh, cuts right to Jesse's comedy. Yeah. Her, um, her, her, her stand-up performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it cuts actually to Kyle Mooney giving the lead-in uh, stand-up routine yes. and just bombing hard. Completely bombing. <laughs> the, what perfect casting for Kyle Mooney, speaking of which, as the awkward weirdo. Yeah, like, it is really good casting because like, he's generally quite funny in reality and to watch him do like a quote-unquote like bad set where he bombs is is really funny. No, I, I was giggling the whole, dur- during his like his whole set like just because like, it's, it's so like perfectly bad. It's like, what's the deal with people who leave comments on porn like i jerk off a lot but i don't have an account and just like crickets <laughs> a couple of people like <laughs> which i don't know if something wrong with me but i think that's funnier than an actual good joke like, oh yeah well it's i mean amazing. The, in 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 this context you know especially like seeing how like bad at being an influencer kurt is to mm. also see somebody who is also not funny and kind of pathetic you know but trying to you but know still in the scene and in the scene and you get the impression that he's in the scene because he's been able to successfully ride the coattails of people like jesse yep. who are like actually funny and then what i found really unexpected is that jesse gives a rather heartfelt uh kind of not even really like a set but like a speech uh, you know, about how she was in Kurt's uh, spree and how kind of pathetic he was, but how she saw herself in him and how she used to do those kinds of things before she was famous. And that it made a realization that like, holy shit, everybody's just out here chasing clout and it's sad and gross and disgusting and we should all kind of be ashamed of it. And she ends by like smashing her phone on stage and, you know, mic dropping and walking out of there. And the way that they keep it from being too sincere which i think would be a little bit cringy is by immediately having kyle mooney follow her like streaming on instagram is like oh shit uh, jesse adams is off social media and i got the scoop and just like following her around and just seeing like all of the emojis and stuff <laughs> yeah. like popping up on his feed the way it's yeah, they, they never just leave it you know with, right. a, with a gig with a gag and and that's that's where it excels yeah it's like they, they 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 always give it that one extra layer or two and Mm. Bless I, I think it's great that they split screen with Kurt as well, watching yeah. it in the crowd. Yes, we see that he's in the audience. And yeah, he's- and, and it, we look like it looks like he has a he has a realization too. Like he he really sees it. Well, yeah, he's got the gun, and as she's kind of like gearing up into her thing and kind of like dunking on him. You know, we see from his perspective, like he's holding up the gun in the corner, and like he's about to shoot her on stage, and then when she makes the comparison to herself and to like how kind of diseased the whole mentality is 
that he like he lowers the gun and he gets up and runs out and it's like oh man maybe kurtz had a realization nope no <laughs> <laughs> nope it just kind of uh makes him snap even more uh and he gets in another a different ride share they get a capture of his phone screen and he's looking at twitter and sees the ceo of spree tweeted that they had closed all of spree for la county because of the the killings because of the rideshare and so obviously he just uses the competitors service go go yep we don't actually see him kill the driver. Uh, he kills the driver, though. I, he does. He does. But what what is great about that moment is um, the that driver has a a uh, camera, a dashboard camera, and Kurt has been telling everybody that he picks up that all the cameras are like for his safety. Like, yeah, which is know, not uncommon, from what I understand. Right, for sure, but. That driver, his camera actually is for his safety. safety. He's like, oh, I see you got a dash cam. Is like, yeah, you know, well, you never know. Like, you can't be too careful. And then, like, Kurt reaches into, like, his fanny pack and pulls out one of his dash cams that he's been carrying on. He's like, I've got one, too. And uh, and the, the driver's like, yeah, like, just so you know, I'm not that crazy guy who's out driving around killing people. And Kurt's just in the backseat. He's like, hmm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and and I think that leaving it there is really nice cuz then when Jesse gets into the car that Kyle Mooney ordered for her, it we see that Kurt's driving that guy's car. Yeah, there's a slight sense of surprise to it. Yeah, I I like too that we don't see him kill that other driver because I think that that driver is one of the purely uh is one of the only like purely innocent characters in the movie or sympathetic, like truly just like a normal working class dude who's not trying to be internet famous. So the fact that we don't see Kurt kill him, I think is, is the right level of tasteful. Oh yeah. And well, also like the film starts out with a hidden body count. So yeah. it, it's good to carry that theme on that. Right. Like we, we actually don't know if he, if he, got more people like how many he's killed um and and leaving like some of them like ambiguous uh is is a is a nice is a nice touch for that um because i mean hey you know he's on a killing spree after all yeah well then he he picks up jesse and uh you know she has the realization that it's the same guy and he's just like totally snapped at this point his speech about uh her routine making him realize that love is the most important thing right he's all about love now but as we understand from like the way he was raised and just see the way he behaves his concept of love is very different and what he means by love in this case is that he wants to like make them a power couple so like he can become famous off of her uh, instead of trying to do his own thing. So, you know, he kidnaps her and then she tries to uh, garrote him with uh, with the, the phone charger. Um, which, which was great. I thought she was going to get him. I really did. Yeah, um, you were really cheering for her there, which was great. <laughs> and but... then, uh, you know, he, he sort of incapacitates her and, like, takes her out to a field and does this poll for all of the, like, 50 
50,000 people who are now watching him. He's like, he's like, well, what should I do with her? Fuck, Mary, kill. And, uh, I mean, another thing we haven't really mentioned about, like, the Twitch chat is, uh, that did feel, like, realistic as well, even though it was, like, satire, is how sociopathic all of those people are as well, who are, like, watching him murder people and are kind of, like, cheering him on because, you know, it's a, it's a WTF moment. Well, right? and, well, and that's exactly what I mean. Their own sort of justification in that they think it's staged. There's yeah. a lot of comments that say it's fake. Yeah, there's or denial. Staged. And, you know, that, that I think is like exhibit A for like him being born out of a culture, much like American Psycho. Like that is like, like exhibit A for the culture. Uh, that is unhealthy. Well, it's like, yeah, you have yeah. that that degree of separation of, like, watching it from behind a screen and, like, getting a sort of vicarious endorphin rush, you know, but not being directly tied to it. Um, it, like, it's, it fuels the, the violence. It fuels that, that, that illness. Um, and to see that of the 50,000 people watching him, like, nobody calls the cops and is like, this is fucked up. It's like all of these people whose streams he's hijacked are just like, oh man, this is crazy. Yeah, I want to see the show, you know? Uh, it's It doesn't seem that far outside the realm of possibility, just like we were talking about, like, the, the spectacle of tragedy, like watching 9-11 and seeing people jump out of the windows of the towers as they're falling and stuff and, like, getting a kind of high from that. It's gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hideous stuff. And I think it's so sharp in its writing, trying to portray those ideas, because it never really gets too preachy with it. No. Um, it's very satire through and through, yeah. but it's, it's really sharp satire in that I think they have such a good understanding of the internet that they understand the nuances of a lot of the mediums yeah. that are used. It's got a very poignant message without being like self-righteous or holier <coughs> than thou. Like it's, it's, it's something that's worth investigating and exploring, but also you can laugh at it. And I mean, I think that the way that it avoids being too preachy is really exemplified uh, in the way the film ends, Jesse kind of get, gets control of the car and crashes it through the wall of Kurt's house. Um, and uh, David Arquette is there uh, shooting up because Kurt told him earlier that, like, you left some of your stash at the house and you were so high you never realized it. So it's funny that he goes back, back to, the to, house. Get, to the house to get it's it all, later. It's all his mind, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, Kurt shoots David Arquette and... Finds uh, the dead mom, too. Finds the Did dead she mom. drink the water? Um, no, they... No, he murdered her at the beginning. The movie, they have him run back into the house... And uh, run uh, back to the car. Yeah, before and, he starts oh, his spray. It's a very minor thing, but they cut back oh, to yeah, it. Oh, yeah, that show moment. It. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's when. Oh, yeah, that's so he clever. started his spree out by killing his mom. Um, but uh, then Jesse drives uh, the car into Kurt and pins him against the wall and then gets out and bashes his face in with his phone while it's still streaming. So poetic. Which is like, of course, yeah. amazing. And then she looks at the chat. And the chat's like, get a selfie with him. Get a selfie YOLO. with him. YOLO. <laughs> and you think she's about to just, like, toss the phone and walk away. But then she kind of shrugs and, like, lifts up Kurt's, like, 
bloody and brutalized face and gets a selfie. And then it cuts to uh, news articles and clips and videos from all these different sites. It's like she got even more famous from being the one who killed the rideshare killer and that she's fully back on social media, fully chasing clout again. Like, even after her, like, she learned her lesson, she just immediately unlearned it. Well, it's it's kind of a bleak ending in yeah. that way because you you see how the media picks up the story and kind of churns it for engagement and farms it for as much well, Kurt, engagement well, as possible. Kurt becomes a meme. Yeah, yeah. it's the bleakest ending because it starts out on like uh new york times and stuff because they do like a there's like a new york yeah, times like, new yorker, like sketch yeah. or new yorker sorry yeah, like yeah, there's like a new yorker sketch of um uh jesse dropping uh, uh, the mic yeah and like and then it 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 slowly you know goes to huffpo and then clickbait websites and then 4chan, 4chan. and like <laughs> well, yeah. and like and you and you start seeing like the 4chan threads and they're like yo we're gonna let's turn this into a movie and all of like the memes they're making of and from all the videos like, and it's just your stomach just starts fucking turn mine at least was just like fucking turning just like oh god this is what would happen and isn't seeing it people who were like, like who's, not who's only gonna be the next happen, yeah it has happened yes. with people like elliot rogers yep. like like that it literally happened with Reddit and 4chan mm-hmm. in real life. And Gross. it's so stomach churning to see it because uh, much like the rest of the movie, a lot of those posts feel really authentic in yeah. a really unsettling way. Uh, they feel like the products of their medium um, and it just gives it an authenticity that makes you realize, oh, hey, this could and has very much happened. Well, and I mean, Kurt got exactly what he wanted. He wasn't around to see it, but I, I don't think he ever really planned on surviving the night to begin with. And it's the same thing with like mass shooters, you know, who do it for the notoriety because they're nobodies. It's and it fucking works because well, our culture idealizes. I, I thought it was so funny that they they had like I think it was like a Daily Beast article where it had <laughs> don't uh, say his name. Yeah. K asterisk RT K asterisk uncle um, and it's like why we don't say his name immediately followed by a list of other names in a massive gif of like or gif of like uh, like banner flashing his name Yeah, yeah and it's like yeah this is totally what happens too like even in the spin market like it's just engagement farming at the end of the day. They don't really give a shit as long as they get the clicks. It's so spot on in its commentary with that stuff. Absolutely. Uh I I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't at least briefly uh turn turn the mirror on us and acknowledge that we're doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you probably should. Seeking seeking engagement, <laughs> wanting people to listen and stuff like that. So it's like just the acknowledgement, we got to make it meta, we got to make it self-reflexive yeah, just so it doesn't seem like we're being hypocritical. Yeah. Uh, well, that's know, that's what this episode is brought to you by if there was ever a sponsor. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Self-Reflection. Us still here 3 years later. 
we are like and share please like and share like and subscribe <laughs> we will not Twitter. follow for follow nope we will not uh but you know we are we are part of the culture and part of the problem we are patrick bateman we are all kurt <laughs> um god i hope not no i don't think so i Jesus. I, I don't think that uh i like to think that we're not all about chasing clout on this show but no. you know Anyway, is it time to rate this movie, boys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ben, why don't you start, since it was your pick? Okay, well, this is my second viewing of this movie now, and I've just come to appreciate it even more. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. I think it's so brilliantly written, really fucking funny, and we get some just great performances from everyone involved. You wouldn't believe it, but this was also produced by Drake. Executive produced by Drake, yeah. yeah. I, we should definitely mention that. Bizarre. Because, like, yeah, that that seems really weird. He's, like, one of the biggest cloud chasers yeah. there is. Uh, but anyway. But, but sus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this movie has such a great attention to detail. It's so sharply written. The soundtrack is really good and really funny um, in that, like, it mixes vaporwave with diegetic music made by Kurt, quote unquote. Yes, yeah, like um, sound SoundCloud, like cloud chasing, really like electronica bad, artists. Bad, yeah, yeah, bad SoundCloud shit. DJ yeah. electronica, um, which is funny considering that his dad is also a DJ. Mm-hmm. You know, the closing song is a James Ferrara song. I think that sums things up pretty perfectly on like the target audience for this movie i think this is so brilliant as a movie and the first time i watched it i gave it a four and a half but i think it's moving up to a five for me all right i have nothing bad to say about this movie cleveland no uh i've been torn uh this whole conversation between a four and a half and a five uh i started out pretty confidently with a four and a half but the more we talk about it the more it really sinks in like how fucking great of a film this was and it's i'd have i'd have no reason to not give it five like uh that's for sure it, it it's at the very least a strong 4.5 but i i think uh, fuck it why not like it it it, it deserves it like uh no give it give it a five give it a five from me okay um well now i feel bad to be the one who keeps it from uh, a perfect rating but uh it it's a really really good movie i enjoyed it quite a bit um but in in some ways it was just lacking that last little bit of like oomph that for me would put it over into like perfect film territory maybe on rewatches i think there's a lot uh there's a lot more to this movie than meets the eye so uh you know maybe i'll change my opinion later but i'm still uh gonna give it a really solid four out of five uh i think it's a it's a really uh fun uh interesting and uh, surprisingly thought-provoking film um, that is definitely worth watching, um, especially in this day and age and the climate that we live in. Yeah, and uh, I should mention this movie isn't on streaming yet, but it is available to rent online. Um, So definitely support indie filmmakers. This movie is definitely very deserving of it. For sure. Um, Well, yeah, that will give Spree an average of 4.7 out of 5 pods from the boys. Next week, we have a special episode i mean every episode of our show is special true facts um but uh since our 
Eraserhead episode a few weeks ago, or has it been a couple of months at this point? It absolutely has. I don't COVID even know. Time, COVID man. times, yeah. man. Uh, whenever that was, uh, we sat down with Cleveland and watched uh, through the original series of Twin Peaks. I remember at the end of the Eraserhead episode, we talked about how Cleve hadn't seen it and how you tried to watch it in high school and didn't like it. And uh, we got gotcha. you. We got gotcha. you. Um, I will so. be talking about that on that episode. Yes. Stay so tuned, folks. We are going. I got new opinions. We are going to be talking about the prequel film, uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me. Uh, and we will have a couple of guests. Oh, it's as a prequel? Well. It is a prequel. I didn't know that. But uh, it does provide some context. It is best watched after the okay, show, cool. which is why we didn't watch it first. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. Anyway, we will talk about that next week. So if you are a David Lynch fan or a Twin Peaks fan or not or not, you're an us fan or an us fan uh, and want That's to hear us, the pod people, us or a Jordan Peele fan, or you, Jordan you, Peele you know, fan. yeah, you know, whatever, um, then tune back in next week uh, for that, because it's going to be a lot of uh, talk about how great Twin Peaks is. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think uh, we already kind of did the, the sponsor, so uh, we'll just wrap up with our uh our fucking clout chasing plugs this right clout shit funny this yeah. clout shit funny yo uh you, if you like this show and want to give us more clout uh and boost our own egos then uh hit the five stars on have a podcast like and subscribe baby uh, <laughs> me, me, me. uh you can also check out our letterbox at letterbox.com slash pod people pod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes uh uh, follow us on Twitter at PodPeoplePod. Our follower count is low. It's pathetic. It's Kurt-like. We need to get the higher numbers. We're trying to be DJ Uno up in this bitch. Yeah, we're not trying to be Kurt, though. Uh, you have to worry about that from us. Yeah, well, if you, if, you follow us, if you follow us on Twitter, we will come to your house and kill you. Uh, that's how it works. Yeah. So That's actually why we have so few followers. That's, that's it. <laughs> you, can follow, you can follow me on Twitter at DeepStateAussie. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheet. And I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studios. We further progress on its stairs back. Stay tuned, folks. Coming up soon. Coming up on All Hallows Eve. Well, just keep your eyes out. Keep your eyes peeled. Uh, I know Dread XP is going to be uh, doing a Halloween showcase. And uh, if you're interested in its stairs back related things, you should watch it. Uh, no reason. No reason why. Just uh, you should you should watch. You know, just reasons. Um, Yeah, just just reasons um and uh you can also fall off the bleh, bleh, my work on art station um <laughs> that. just search cleveland Mosier, and uh you'll you'll see all my cool dark and terrifying and then some fun and not dark and terrifying paintings that i do i do art that's me and uh <laughs> yeah that's it that's all bye-bye well yeah uh no reason to drag this out any longer nope. it uh definitely feels weird dropping plugs after talking about this movie it really does so, uh <laughs> i'll just say come back next week for twin peaks and uh until next time stay off the internet kids seriously yeah that's <laughs> cool